Welcome to Spoilers. This is a minor episode featuring your host, Stevie, who's very drunk. Um, I'm recording from Mishawaka, Indiana. And I have next to me uh, sitting uh, Mikey. Say what's up, Mikey. What's up? I haven't seen this movie, but I'm uh, just listening in to see what's uh, going on. (laughs) That is why it's a fun episode. Uh, We are recording uh, from the movie Get Out, recording and actually directed and written by Jordan Peele. the only person I guess has seen it is Pappy? Yep. Hi, this is Pappy from Denver. I saw this movie on Friday night. We're recording Saturday night and hopefully uploading this Sunday. But so far, I would say this is my favorite movie of the year. And I think Jordan Long saw this too. Jordan, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I saw it about uh, an hour ago. Two hours ago. <sighs> this is awesome. <laughs> And uh, as your host, I will just tell you the small IMDb synopsis about this movie, which is, quite frankly, a young African-American man visits his Caucasian girlfriend's mysterious family estate. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and toss it around. What did you guys think of this movie, Pappy? Uh, So like I said earlier, it's my favorite movie of the year. Um, It's a spoiler, the main spoiler of the movie. Basically, all of the white people who are in this movie are evil <laughs> and they are <laughs> systematically um, implanting their consciousness into the bodies They're... of uh, African-American people who have, Terrifying. Been, who have been seduced by Brian Williams' daughter, Allison Williams. But that is revealed over a slow course of hypnotisms and slave auctions and like family get-togethers. There's a lot of twists and turns before you finally arrive at that, but... It's a lot of fun, and I was surprised at how funny this movie is. This movie is fucking hilarious. Jordan, what do you think? Uh, I would, I would agree for the most part. Um, I think that, uh, like it, it, it fits. So, like the as Pappy said, well, mostly as Pappy said, uh, the main kind of premise is that they uh, are kind of implanting their brains into the, like the minds of uh, these fellows that they pick up. <laughs> that they that they pick up um and yeah it's it's good it's it's pretty funny along the way and there's there's some good like mystery horror elements along the way as well yeah the kind of the backstory to this whole movie is um bradley whitford who plays dean armitage who's like the main kind of i guess you could say he's the main character behind this household his dad lost in one of the Olympic races to Jesse Owens. And his dad kind of kind of got behind the thought of what if we took our minds and put it in an African American's body? Which is where Allison Williams' character comes in, Rose Armitage, where she would date African Americans, seduce them, bring them to her home. And her mother, who was supposed to be a psychiatrist, is actually hypnotizing uh, these African-American men into... It was just kind of this weird process where they would fall into themselves, where they would see themselves living into their lives, but someone else would be controlling their bodies. What do you guys think of that? And the mother was played by Katherine Keener, so like stepbrothers, 40-year-old virgin. No, not, okay, 40-year-old virgin, but not stepbrothers, yep. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yep. yeah, stepbrothers. 
Not Step Brothers. That was Mary Steinberger. They look ah, the same. Right. <laughs> I know, but Mary Steinberger is so hot. All white right. women look the same right. to me. But... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Paps. Oh, sorry about what? <laughs> I just kind of like how they would hypnotize African-American men into falling into themselves while other people controlled themselves. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, so you're, you're, you're sort of like learning about this plot through the eyes of uh, Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya? Yeah. I'll say Kaluuya. Yeah, Sounds but you, good. you know him from Sicario or that episode of Black Mirror where they ride the bikes and have to earn credits and all that shit. It's that guy. Um, but the way that the plot's laid out is he also has this best friend who works for the TSA. And so they're kind of bouncing ideas off each other, and it is providing a little bit of... Um, Stevie always gets mad at me when I get upset about this exposition, but it's done really naturally because he's trying to figure out this plot with his best friend, and, and sort of the joke of the movie is like the best friend's like the comic relief saying, like, oh, you can't trust these white people, like, oh, you're crazy, like, blah, 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 blah. And he's, he's playing like this comic relief and ultimately ends up coming in and saving him at the very last scene. Extreme spoilers, but I liked how it was a little bit misleading at first. You thought they were being hypnotized, but it turns out they're actually taking on the bodies of, of these victims. Um, really creepy stuff. I, I thought it was an interesting premise. Jordan, what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Uh, I think that <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit thrown off because... Pappy said it was, he told me before I went in, that it was one of his favorite movies of the year so far. And so I was expecting a lot, and it was really good, but I don't know that it's one of my favorite movies of the year. <laughs> yeah, if you criticize this movie, you are a racist. I hope you... Oh, you... oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. I was completely like on the edge of my seat the whole time of this movie because you felt like... Even when you kind of felt like this, I don't want to say like this somber moment throughout the movie when all like the black cars came in and supposedly the family and the friends were coming in for like this family get together. And you realize they're bidding on who's going to overtake this person's body while they kind of remain. That which was just like what the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. Right. And quite frankly, it's one of the most beautiful shots I've ever seen in a movie where he's just falling in that sunkenness state. Yeah. Which and, is what, what happens when he becomes hypnotized. Right. And it's beautiful because he's just like Catherine Keener's character, who is beyond terrifying. She's Missy Armitage, beyond terrifying. She tells him to sink into the floor after she does this thing where she scrapes her spoon along a teacup. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. And all of a sudden he's falling. And he's kind of trying to swim through the air, and there's stars, and there's dust, and he's trying to climb throughout. One of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen in a movie. I don't know how Jordan Peele did this, but it's very neat. Yeah, I would say, building off that, not just the plot is awesome in this movie, which we've been talking about, but like Stevie was saying, the cinematography is really phenomenal, especially from a first-time yeah. director. Yes. I mean, I don't know how much he had to do with that, but... The scene, sort of what Stevie touched on when he's becoming hypnotized, it's really trippy, and it's like cutting back to this. This TV is sort of like the catalyst for like wiping out his mind and what they call the, the vision of what yeah. he's seeing. The pre-op stage and like every single scene has purpose. Every single detail 
has a payoff in the end, and it, it just builds so great to a, a a third act that's just gangbusters, where every single little breadcrumb that you've gotten pays off, and it's just so awesome the way he built the story, both visually and with the script. Yeah, and it's just I I, I don't know I I'm, I'm a sucker for for stills. Like I, I've talked about it in Rogue One, I've talked about it in certain movies where it's like if you can just like pause a certain part in a movie and put just the um, I guess the name of the movie underneath a certain like uh, frame, this would be the movie that do it. It was just absolutely beautiful, and it's quite crazy because he's just falling throughout the sky. There's stars, there's dust. He's trying to climb out. And there's beautiful violins playing behind it. The music in this movie is absolutely awesome. I guess my question to you guys is, um, who do you guys think was the most menacing character in this movie? Oh, Catherine Keener, for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was almost like, uh, and it, I don't know if this is going to be sexist to compare to obvious uh, female antagonists, but she almost has this nurse ratchet type vibe to her from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Where oh, she, yeah. Where she has mental control over the main character, Chris, but she and also sort of like a uh, a medical degree authority to do it. So he's vulnerable in that sense, where it's, she has this doctorate in psychology. She's like, oh, I know it's best for you, and it's sort of a slippery slope. But I got a Nurse Ratchet vibe off her. She is creepy and also one of the last killed, which I thought was pretty telling and how important she was. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I it, it kind of plays out there towards the end where they're sort of in between the, uh, there's like a little coffee table in between them, and she kind of, yeah. like, she, she like reaches for the teacup so she can hypnotize him again, and he like slaps that shit out of the way. And he, <laughs> no, he does. He's like, pow, and... Um, Matumbo, get that out of here. <laughs> Not today. I, I, I think he may do a little finger wag, but <laughs> does he does he choke her out or does he? No, uh, he stabs her to death. Yeah. Does he stab her? Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of the more gratuitous. Not gratuitous. Like the audience wants that. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I mean, because she's like manipulating the whole time. And like she's she's the one that he he can't conquer because he every time that she like taps that that teacup he's like under her spell and so he like slaps that out of the way and it's finally like he he can kind of c- control himself I guess yeah I mean Catherine Keener was actually I thought she was gonna be one of the weaker spots so maybe actually she was quite terrifying like you and Pappy said yeah she was good. And- also, one of the brighter spots of the movie, I thought, which I didn't understand at the time, was um, Allison Williams' brother. Who is the kid on the bike from No Country for Old Men when Anton Sugar gets in that car wreck? <laughs> yeah, kind of like the UOK Mr. Guy, which I didn't understand in the movie when he was just kind of like, with your frame and your body and a work ethic, you could be an amazing MMA fighter. And I was like, okay, that's just absolutely weird. Yeah. And it kind of built itself over time, especially when, you know, you have Stephen Root who played Gordo and also um, Bill from King of the Hill, where it was just kind of this weird scene where Bradley Whitford was leading a uh, kind of like a, um, how do I explain this, a uh, 
where people are bidding on Chris. A silent slave auction because you're Chris right, was a silent away. slave auction. It yeah. was so weird, and I was. I was kind of looking at my wife, Lauren. I was like, what are they doing? And you know, there's a five and there's a six. And Stephen Root's character is blind. And you're just kind of like wondering, what is this guy's purpose? Under the guise of playing bingo, too. So it's super like, I don't know. Okay. Also, I talked about this with you, Pappy. What did you, okay, what was the number? I, I think it was in the millions. What did you guys think the number was on when they were bidding on people? Well, like we talked about, uh, the, he's doing like, symbols with his hands right so he's like one two three right four. he's like five six he yeah, gets up seven, to nine goes yeah. to ten no one bids on ten so he goes back to nine and gives kind of like a sold wave so you said nine million i would say maybe i think it was in the millions those people were rich as fuck that estate was incredible so uh that was something that i was not i was more uh viscerally involved in the film at this point <laughs> Yeah, the way I looked at it, I mean, the, long story short, you, you kind of realize that um, Allison Williams, who plays Rose Armitage, is also in on the whole charade of she dates African-American guys, takes them to her rich white family estate, and then they hypnotize them into the state where rich white old men like, want to put their mind in their bodies. Well, and just to touch on the Allison Williams character, and it's it's funny seeing a movie like this because it's it's not afraid to discuss race right in your face. So you have, like, a moment where Allison Williams is trying to find her next victim, and she's Googling yeah. uh, top NCAA prospects. Top NCAA prospects. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of interesting, you know, because it's, like, it was really bringing together a lot of people. And, like, like I said, like, even though it may sound like, even though race is a huge part of it, like, I don't think that the praise that this movie is getting is only because it tackles a tough issue like that. All of the other little things in this movie are brilliant, and it also has the courage, you know, to say, like, hey, we're going to make this an in-your-face movie discussing race yeah and especially during the moments where kind of chris is getting to meet like the family friends and the family and they kind of check out that issue of this older white lady grabs him by the arm and she's kind of like i heard it's actually really bigger is that true mm-hmm. and chris walks up to another african-american fellow who you find out is actually a white guy inside of the African-American guy that was kidnapped in the very beginning of the movie. And he's like, hey, I'm actually more comfortable that you're here. And he's like, oh, did you hear that, hun? This man feels more comfortable in my presence. Every and white yeah. person in this movie is Michael Scott from The Office when a black person walks in. The <laughs> oh, just like oh over the top, like, oh, I can't believe he's saying that, like, cringe anarchy. <laughs> and I don't know if this happened to you guys or not, but I, like, I kind of cause a scene in my movie in my cinema where the African-American, uh, one of the white guys was like, Oh, I heard like being black is very in right now. And he kind of does a golf swing and he's like, I know tiger woods. And he kind of gives like a wink and he swings and I busted up laughing. Cause it's kind of that thought of tiger woods in many people's minds has been a white guy to everybody, but it kind of comes around full circle when you're like, oh, they had an old white guy go in a younger black man's body. Did you guys have a reaction in your guys' theater at all without that? 
Well, it's definitely keeping with the Key and Peele humor and touching on sports. Um, like I said, I was surprised at how funny this was. Uh, I didn't have, I laughed just because it was more of a, he was, his idea of establishing a connection with this black person was like, oh, I know a black athlete. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, good Christ. <laughs> but it's, 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 it plays out just like a Key and Peele skit. Did you guys watch Atlanta this, like this past fall? I, was? No, Mikey, jump yes, in on this. Yes, I did. So, uh, <laughs> I guess I don't know what his name was during the movie, but like the his name is Darius in Atlanta, and he's like the guy that gets kidnapped in the first little act. Andre Lakeith Stanfield. That's Andre. So he's, I mean, he's a he's an excellent actor. He's a, I love him in in Atlanta, but he's also really good in this movie. Um, but he kind of he he gets like the nosebleed when you could first get like the flash that you... that's my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the main character, I don't even have his, the actor's name. Do you have it, Stevie? Wait, like the main, that was Chris. Yes. Chris. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so Chris snaps a photo of Dre Darius. <laughs> <laughs> um, he snaps a photo and it, uh, kind of like triggers something and he he gets a nosebleed and he like kind of forgets where he's at and he starts saying like get out get out and i think what that's doing is kind of like triggering like the 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 basal mind like the uh kind of midbrain stuff that they talk about um like with, you're still being there yeah yeah like you're in there somewhere and that, that sort of makes sense from, like, a physiology perspective. Um, but, yeah, he's... Uh, Jordan he's, our psychology expert. Yeah, uh, the licensed psychology major over here. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it sort of makes sense that he kind of, like, skips a beat and his nose starts bleeding and he, he starts questioning everything at that point. Yeah, the way I kind of looked at that was when you take, like, a flash photo... It blinds kind of like the consciousness of the person that overtook your body. And it gives a narrow window of that person whose original, like original mind and body was there to kind of just scream out. And so the way I kind of looked at that was Dre was telling him, run, run, run. And it just, like, everybody kind of looked at Chris a weird way. Everybody kind of looked at Dre a weird way. And that's when Catherine Keener was like, oh, let's get him in the kind of like a, a hypnosis time again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of I looked at that. Pappy, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And it, it was definitely, I mean, I don't know the science behind it like Jordan, but I was willing to suspend. <laughs> I was willing to suspend disbelief. It's like, okay, yeah, you get a flash, you snap back into it for a second. Cool, that makes sense. Like, it wasn't that far out of the movie. And like I said, everything that is set up is earned too so there's never like this moment like okay what like everything is like slow and building and covers its tracks really well i did want to ask you guys about the one problem that i had though with the movie do it is they have two basic ways of in this is tough to say i mean like in taking slaves right you have either the brother just kidnaps him so that's done in a night and apparently that turns around in like a couple weeks or you have the long con that Allison Williams plays, which takes like four to five months to get somebody. 
Like, what's right. the what's the point if you have a guy who's just kidnapping people off the street, like we see in the opening scene? Why expose your daughter to this long con and like? I don't think that was the point. What I think happened was, I, the way I kind of looked at it was that dude was with Allison Williams, and kind of got freaked out very initially, and I think Mm. he left. And I think that when he was walking, they sent the son after him. That's really good insight because that would totally tie up that loose end. That was kind of my take on it. Kind of like. It is okay. The beginning of this movie is hilarious. Like, I, I don't mean to be racist at all, but the fact that he was just like, "Nope, not today," and he's like, "I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna okay, frick off." He's like, "I'm gonna turn my ass around." He's like, "Nope, nope, nope. This isn't gonna happen to me." <laughs> and <laughs> it, it has a very suspenseful moment where you know he's walking the other way and the door is open. And my only question is, what was with that helmet the son would wear? It's just to be spooky. Um, I mean, maybe do you think? Some, yeah, because I mean, it was I, in the, I, I it was in the so car too. at the uh, end. Just, it just, it just kind of threw me off. Yeah. Well, here's what I will say too: is that uh, Jordan Peele is a real cinemaphile. He knows movies up and down. If you oh, listen to him, yes, he does. If you yeah. listen to him in any interview, it's just kind of like one of those lean back and ones like, "Whoa, this guy's like Quentin Tarantino, uh, Pulp Fiction coming out soon." Level movie nerd. Um, so in that way, the opening scene, it's kind of like an homage to like a throwback horror movie where you have a guy in a mask abducting a dude, but it ends up being way more intricate than that. And and maybe that's just a callback to other horror films? I, I don't know. Yeah, I was confused by that. So I guess uh, my last question to you guys before we kind of get into, you know, did you love it, did you not, is what did you guys think of the ending? How it kind of tied together with the TSA and him going back to the who you find out was the grandma on the road who was going to die alone, take her in the car, driving into a tree. What did you guys think of kind of like the final wrap up of the movie? Happy. I guess, like I said, everything in this movie, the reason that it's my favorite movie of the year is that all of the breadcrumbs play off all, or pay off. All of the details are important, and it's it's great how Jordan Peele built the story. So on on one hand, you have the uh, backstory of Chris where he had his mom die and he has all of these psychological hangups about being in an accident with someone. And it's, it's, it's subtle, but it pays off. And then you have in his ultimate escape where he runs over the grandma who has then inhabited, (laughs) you find out is the grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Who's inhabited the black housekeeper's uh, body. And when he was one time, the girlfriend of the, the, Allison Williams, yeah. And it was, it was sort of this moment where, like, all of these things have been building for so long, but I hadn't made that connection yet. And when he hits her and falls back into that trance state, it was just one of those, like, I almost got goosebumps because it, that was so well constructed. I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. But that was a perfect reason to add an extra little drama here in the third act, which has already been, like, fireworks crazy, like, back to yeah. back. Jordan, what, what did you think? No, yeah, I loved it. Um, uh, like it was a, it was a good ending and uh, an an appropriate. Guy, like he was able to escape from all that bullshit. Um, Kirsten was trying to bring up a lot of the things about how creepy, like the the grandparents were in the and their. Uh, I second, love the grandpa. Sec, their their second bodies, I guess, and like how how those kind of played into the story as well, but. 
no, I mean, it, it all played into the end very well. Yeah, I thought the ending was very fitting, um, especially when he was choking Allison Williams and oh yeah, kind of like he just he let go and he realized he kind of couldn't do it, and then the cop car came and me and my wife's initial reaction was like, oh great, he's gonna get shot up. Yeah, this is how it's gonna oh, end. And I was gonna be so angry, and then throughout the movie, you avoid so many tropes of just. Oh, you're not feeling good. Let me come out and see how you are. And you kind of got this feeling that the best friend was going to come out and see how Chris was doing. I, I saw an interview with Jordan Peele where he said his goal when he was developing this was to have a horror movie where you don't have that moment where you're yelling at the screen like, what the fuck are you doing? That's so stupid. And it's true. It's like he made the decision that I would make given the circumstances at every turning point. Like, it's like, uh, okay. That's a really good point. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would do that. Yeah. yeah. And, like, he, he he freaks out at the exact time. It's like, okay, yeah, I would freak out. And kind of like your TSA agent, whose name is what, Pap? Uh, let me think here. Rod Williams, uh, Lil Rel Howery. <laughs> okay, Lil Rel Howery is by far the, like... He is the comic relief of this movie. He's the funniest part of this movie. Oh, yeah. He's a shining star of this movie, and you just, you kind of, you get scared that this movie's going to fall into those moments where Lil Rel's going to get killed for some stupid reason that didn't need to happen, where they're like, oh, what was that noise? Let me go check the basement. And Jordan Peele wrote this movie, like, crisply, to where it just didn't need to happen. And it was absolutely perfect the way he did it. So I appreciate him on that. His visuals directing the movie was uh, was perfect for me. Um, I was gonna, I'm just going to go around. Were you guys going to say yes or no? Or what would you guys rate this as far as horror overall movie? Uh, I'll go first. It's a yes. One of my favorite <laughs> movies of the year. Um, I mean, compared to, what we've seen, <laughs> compared to what we've seen this year, it's better than A Cure for Wellness by a Mile. It's better than Split, which is a horror movie in According to my <laughs> I actually know okay. anything about movies. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, so it's a yes for me. And I would say that is is probably a, a modern classic. And I mean, for me, it's the best horror movie I've seen in a while. It's not a genre that I'm crazy about, but this holds up. Jordan, what'd you think? So a, a huge shout out to the Keith Stanfield, because I don't think we, we, we don't talk enough about uh, like TV shows, I think, on spoilers. But he plays a big part in Atlanta, which is one of my favorite shows that I've. Jordan, seen if you have life. a problem with the content of spoilers, you can take it up with management. <laughs> okay, Let I'll take. Talk. I'll, I'll, I'll take it up with admin truth. right you now. You can take Let it up with the intern. Speak his truth. <laughs> Who is Keith Stanfield, Jordan? I'll let it slide. Look, <laughs> Keith Stanfield. He plays uh, the guy that gets a nosebleed, Stevie. Oh, he plays Dre. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm more embarrassed about that then. So he he's he's in this, and he he's like one of my my favorite characters in Atlanta, which is the best TV show I've watched in the last like four years. All um, right. Shit, you guys all distracted me from where I was going. I I have a legitimate question. Do you guys know uh, what state or like what region of America this? Northeast. It's supposed to take northeast. Place, north. Northeast America. Yeah, Northeast America. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. exactly specify. I mean, you you kind of get like they talk about the city, which is New York, 
and they're kind of coming down from New York, which you can kind of, I guess you can kind of guess is Connecticut. Did I mean, ever, that's what I. Do they say specifically ever? Yeah, yeah, because there's a, uh, um, Lakeith is from Brooklyn. Remember? Yeah, is there a yeah. guy from Brooklyn. You're right. You? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yep. He's he's great. Match. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> so is that three okay. guesses or? Okay. Well, Jordan, did you finish your? Did you kind of finish everything like all around? Did you give it a yes? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I would give this a definite yes. It was one of the smarter movies I've ever seen. Quite frankly, if you're talking about horror movies, I give it a ten out of ten. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes isn't lying. If you're talking about horror movies, Rotten Tomatoes is not lying. It is perfect, and it has one of the most beautiful. <laughs> it has one of the most beautiful shots I have ever seen in a movie, which was, which, <laughs> which is him falling yes. into the sunken place. Amongst the stars and the dust, where he's kind of looking back at Catherine Keener, which is kind of like a TV screen. I mean, it is absolutely yeah. beautiful. And Jordan Peele, what? what? Where do you think that uh, Jordan Peele goes from here? Like, what? Where do you think his? I mean, I, career I goes. Watched, I haven't watched this movie yet, and I feel I've only listened to one podcast of him talking about it. I feel like it's only down <laughs> okay first off dude no this movie is good this movie <laughs> this is really okay like good like, and smart everybody everybody has said well everybody has only said praise for it and it's like okay yeah, well, let's like, be honest i mean i don't mean some race when i say this Steve, oh, it is <laughs> My, mikey this is gonna be your movie no i mean <laughs> I'll say this. what <laughs> I, I'm gonna like, i know i'm gonna like it but it's like he is already He's already made a great I mean, movie. has everybody seen, like, the original Stepford Wives? No. I didn't, yeah. Okay, it's the original Stepford Wives for African Americans. Can you put it that way? Mm-hmm. Well, Without get, sounding racist. To get to Jordan's question, what kind of what Mikey's saying is, like, I think this is going to be a really tough act to follow. Um, I hope that he stays in this sort of hybrid genre. I think he could go action comedy, but I hope he doesn't get away from that comedic element because that's what really grounds the film. And if we didn't have that, it, this could easily become a cure for wellness type preachy horror movie with like a social, uh, you know, message behind it. So wherever like, was the only yeah. one who liked for cure for wellness, cure for wellness <laughs> was no. so bad. I, I didn't like it. I gave it a no, but I said there's a preachy <laughs> element to it that, that this could have happened if it wasn't for the fact that it was funny. The way I look at this movie, though, overall, I think it was, I mean... In a genre, which is horror, is a 10 out of 10. Overall, a 9 out of 10. I mean, this movie keeps on your toes the whole time. There's so many breadcrumbs to follow. The acting is superb. The directing and cinematography is amazing. I can't, like, I can't say enough how amazing this movie is. It's an absolute yes. Best movie of the year. And I don't <laughs> see... Like, I just, what? <laughs> You're singing the praise. It's February. No. So, so far, so far, so far, and so I don't far. see how Jordan Peele. I mean, I don't see how he can top this. It is that good. I want to see this movie again so badly. So I will. Like, I'll give it. <laughs> I mean, overall round like a nine, nine point five out of ten. It's that good. So that's a no from you. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, almost as good as La La Land. Almost. So I'll I go. I haven't seen it. I want to see it now. Wait, Mikey, what? 
I haven't seen it. I want to see it now. I, kn- I already knew that it was going to be good. And uh, everything that you guys have said, I it just makes me want to see it more now. I I think it's really good. It's it's like kind of hard to define, but I think as as far as like a horror movie, horror scary movie, it's 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 pretty good. Um, I will see it again. And almost I, as good as Split. Uh, better than Split. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, it's good, and it also is. I, I feel like it has a lot of perspectives involved, and so you can kind of dig into the different points of view, I guess, as you kind of go along. So I I really like this movie, and I will watch it probably two or three times in the next six months as soon as I can torrent it. Uh, oh, solid. Legally, I mean, legally, legally rent this movie. I feel like. I feel like all of us love this movie. They're all three yeses. So, Pappy, do you want to give us some contact information over spoilers? I would love to, Stevie. If you'd like to email us, it's podcastspoilers at gmail.com. We have the website by the same name where you can check out our in-depth Oscar picks as well as see our ugly faces. That's podcastspoilers.com. Our Twitter the ugliest faces. Spoilers underscore pod. <laughs> And most importantly, what helps us the most is if you leave us a review on iTunes. That's what helps us show up in the rankings. So if you search for movie spoilers, click on the reviews tab for us and leave us a five star and some words. We'll read it out loud on the podcast. We also have a phone number. It doesn't really matter. I think it's 903-SPOIL-07. <coughs> it's 903 903- Seven seven six four five zero seven. I'm dying here. That was spoilers. Teacher Mark Math Paper.